with such a great God, Lord. May our hearts be soft to you this morning to hear your word and be obedient to it, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Please be seated and you can take those masks off. Pastor Andrew loves to see faces. So, uh, you'll, be, you'll be a real blessing to him. You smile, laugh at all the right times, do all the right things, won't you now, church? Encourage our dear brother. It's a great word. You'll be so blessed and encouraged. So why don't we welcome Pastor Andrew as he comes to share with us this morning. That'd be great. Bless him, Pastor. It is actually really nice to see faces rather than masks when you stand here just to see you. And uh, welcome to church, whether you're here in the auditorium, whether you're new, welcome. If you're online, maybe on holidays watching, welcome. We are so glad that you've gathered and it's so good to be together uh, as His people. Now this morning we're continuing in our series in Jeremiah. Uh, And I've loved this series. One of the blessings as a pastor is that you get to sit in the Scriptures and and learn and grow as you look at God's Word. And I've loved um, delving into the Word and this this series in Jeremiah. But let me just let you into one of the challenges of that is that before I stand here, I'm just just being honest, before I stand here, there's a part of me that says, Andrew, you need to know this and live this or apply this yourself before you speak it. I want you to know, actually, anytime I stand here, I do my utmost. Like, I feel very humbled to be able to to speak, but I I want you to know I'm with you. I haven't made it. None of us have made it. But what we do as a pastor, even in the preparations, is sit under this word before I speak it. So I'm with you as we hear God's word uh, this morning. And one of the beauties of the book of Jeremiah is the number of visual illustrations he gives. Um, A couple of weeks ago, we looked at how Jeremiah said we need to be like a, a tree planted by the streams of living water. And you might remember the big tree we had. And he uses these visual illustrations, and I love it, to be honest. I'm a fairly simple guy. I love when God speaks through these pictures. And to be honest, I actually don't think understanding God's Word is often the problem. Not for me anyway. It's living it. And here I think God gives us a very crystal clear picture of what he's saying to us. And I don't think it's gonna be that hard for any of us to understand. The hard thing is living it. And so Jeremiah, as he was seeking God, as you know, he was a prophet. He spoke into the the people of Israel and they were a stiff-necked people. They were hard towards God. They had wandered from God. They were worshipping other idols. And Jeremiah had the task of continuing to share God's love, continuing to share hope and judgment, but he would continue to speak to them, to wake them up. And he had that task and he used a visual illustration, or God used a visual illustration. He said to Jeremiah, I want you to go to the potter's house. Now, there's not many potter's house. There's one at Arana Hills, I found out this week. But I didn't know that beforehand. There's not many now. But in Jeremiah's day, they would be like service stations. They'd be everywhere. And pottery was actually a revolution in that day because you could now store things. You could keep it rather than live from day to day. It was was valuable. And uh, Jeremiah, God said, go and watch this potter. It would have been an amazing experience for Jeremiah as he sat and he watched this potter And then God began to speak to him. 
Let me read the start of this passage. Jeremiah 18, one to, 14, one to four, it says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Well, this morning, before we go into the passage, I was really blessed to to know that Marius and Ann Jacobs from church uh, love to do pottery and they have a little pottery wheel. And I just wanted to look at this process before we go into the passage and it'll help you get the visual that what, of what Jeremiah was looking at. And you can see here, um, you have the potter's wheel. The actual way that you make pottery hasn't changed a lot. This has got electricity, I didn't have that back then, but generally the process is the same. The first thing we know that in this passage is saying God is the potter. And if you look at me in this situation, I'm in control of it. Um, I can, has this been turned on yet? Let's see, oh, we're going. So I'm in control of it and I can shape it. My eyes are fixed on the clay and I can shape it accordingly. I touch it gently, I can shape it. You're not gonna get anything beautiful. Let me know. <laughs> I'll just tell you that now, don't, don't hope for anything. But I can, touch it. I can touch it gently and shape it or if needed, this one said it was marred and he actually started again. He, he drastically, the potter changed um, the, the clay. The eyes are fixed. And I wanna tell you the other thing about a potter is before he even sits or she sits on this seat, he has a vision for what the clay will become. It might be a big pot, might be something, I think that one's to hold, you know, it might be a vinegar one, it might be little um, bowls, it might be a cup, but he knows, the potter knows, has a vision before he even sits down of what this clay will become. Then you have the clay. Now the clay here is quite simple, isn't it? It's, it's just clay. It's just being molded, it's shaped. It's not doing anything in particular, is it? And it's not even valuable. Like clay is quite common. It can be sold by the ton. But here it's just soft clay being molded by the potter. The third thing you'll see is the wheel and it spins. And this represents life. The ups and downs of life, the rounds of life, the challenge of life, the joys of life, all of those things, the potter, in this instance, uses those to shape the clay. And you can see, I want you to know this, you can see that the potter is in control of the spinning wheel. And I just take my foot off and then it stops. Or I can put it on, I can make it go fast or slow. I want you to know that God is in control of your life, God is sovereign. And he is shaping you with your life, but he has his eyes fixed on you, his hands upon you, and he is shaping you. That is the image that we get here with the potter and the clay. So keep that in mind, that visual, as we look at this passage. And I wanna look at a few things. What what is God saying to Israel? What is God saying to you and me through this picture? Because I wanna tell you, he speaks. He was speaking then to Jeremiah and he speaks now to you and I. He does. He's a God that wants to speak. And the first thing we see is that God says, I am the potter. I am the potter, you are the clay. Let's have a look. I am the potter. What we see there is God is the creator. (laughs) 
He is the one who is shaping. He is the one who's molding. And even as you look at the creation story in in Genesis 2, I wonder if Jeremiah's mind was taken back to this. It says, Genesis 2, 7, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. That, That word formed is the same as the forming here into the nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living being. He is the creator. From the very beginning, he he created us. He created you. I wonder if Jeremiah was reminded of the the passage that we looked at last week. Let me just remind us of that. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Isn't that incredible? Before I formed you, In your mother's womb, the Bible talks about knitting together. God knits us together. Before I formed you, I knew you. Can you see the picture there? Before I even sat at the potter's wheel, I had a vision of who you are and who you would become. Let that sink in, please. You were created by God and he had a vision for your life from the very beginning before you were even intricately knitted together. From the the mind of God, the creator, and you know, he's created the stars, he's created all of the animals, everything, but you, humanity, we are created in the image of God, the pinnacle of his creation and individually and uniquely, he knew you before you were even knitted together. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, you are a masterpiece. God's workmanship created uniquely and specifically. Just as there's different types of pottery that a potter would make, there is no one like you. You are unique in the roles that you can play, in the gifts that you've been given, in the way he's shaped you through life. There is no one like you. And I tell you, God desires to use you in all of your fullness in the way that he has made you. It's a beautiful, it's an amazing, amazing thing. If there's one thing that you take away here today is I want you to know that you are loved. You are absolutely loved by God and he has a purpose for your life. Absolutely. He's never far from you, he is close, he knows you, knows where you're sitting right now, he knows you're here and he's saying, I love you and I've got a purpose for your life. And I know, you know, there are people um, that, that doubt that. You know, there are many reasons why you might doubt that but I wanna say, I wanna plead with you. If that's the case, you wonder, did, did God create me? I wanna say, at least open up your heart just a little bit to think that there is a God who loves you, a God who has a purpose for your life ask those questions, go along to seriously, go to Alpha and say, well, God, if you're there, I wanna know you. If you really love me, I wanna know you. If you've created me for a specific plan and purpose, I wanna know it. And open your heart up to that. It's an incredible reality that God loves us and he has created us. But there is one implication that comes with being a created being. Common sense and even our law will tell us that if you create something, then it belongs to you. That you now own it and then you have the freedom and the right to do with it what you choose. 
Sometimes my children, particularly when they're a bit younger, the younger ones would come to me with a picture. And when I say picture, it's probably more squiggly lines and things like this. And they'd say, oh, dad, look at this. And you'd look at it and you go, oh, what's this? Ah, um, oh, that's an amazing dog. Yes, that's great. That's a lovely dog. And they said, dad, it's not a dog, it's a horse. And I'm like, oh. But who am I to tell the creator, the artist, what it is? And I know it can be hard to hear. And as I said, I'm quite simple. I wanna boil this down to the simplest of things. Who are we to speak back to the creator and say, this is who I am and this is what I will do? Who would know the purpose of the creation other than the creator? You would say to me, it would be foolish if you would go to anyone else other than the creator. And quite simply, we find fullness of life. We function best. We function with freedom and joy when we've gone back to the creator and said, you tell me who I am. You guide me. Listen, to, I wanna listen to your truth. What do you say I am? Who do you say I am? What's the truth that you wanna speak into my life and be guided by that? That's when we find life. In the early 2000s, there was a young guy who had a, an idea, a tech idea of an application, a software application. He, he was going to Harvard on the east coast of America, but he moved across to Silicon Valley in California. And he wanted to give this idea a crack. And he wanted to build this software application. And the first investment he found or had in this application was a, a, a gift or an investment of $500,000 for he and his friends to start building this app. And he and his friends got busy working on it and the application was launched in 2004 named Facebook. It was Mark Zuckerberg. And after one year of being launched, someone came to Mark Zuckerberg and their team and they said, we will give you $1 billion to buy Facebook off you. He said, no. He kept developing this app and after two years, an even bigger software company came to him and said, we will give you $14 billion to own Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg could have walked away at that point with $4 billion personally for himself. Why do you think Mark Zuckerberg didn't sell Facebook? I mean, just being honest, if that was me, I probably would have stopped at the one billion, cashed in. Why didn't he, have you thought? What do you reckon? Because this was his creation. Mark Zuckerberg knew the vision he had for Facebook. He knew the potential of Facebook and he knew it was best in his hands. And if we look at God, he's created you uniquely, I tell you, uniquely. There is no one like you. And he has a vision for your life and he knows the potential of your life. And he knows the best way to see the fullness of potential of your life for you to live to the full is to be in his hands, to be owned by him, to come underneath the potter's 
hands. And I believe as we look at this image, it's a challenge to us to surrender. It is not our job to set the agenda for our life. It's just not our job. That's not our job. Where the clay, we look to the potter, we look to God to find the agenda of our life. Where do we go? What do we do? How do we live this life? It's only in God that we will find that, the fullness of life. And I believe he's calling us today to a place of surrender. Maybe we've begun to take the reins of our life, to control our life, to do things according to what we wanna do, according to our own agendas. Maybe for whatever reason, we found it hard to trust. Maybe life has become so complicated when really, and simply it's like, just come and be clay in the potter's hands. If life's complicated, if life's tough, if life's complicated, I don't know what words. The simplicity is God is calling us to come and just be clay in the potter's hands. So we learn, firstly, God is the potter. And then secondly, is that you are the clay. And really, if you look at clay here, it's, it's nothing special. I mean, if I just give you, there's some you know, clay down the front here, blocks of clay. If I give you clay, like, I mean, you're like, oh, that's great. Like, it, I don't know, it's not gonna do much for you, is it? Like, it's just clay. Um, this clay is soft, but I tell you, if, if I, I sat this out on Friday, interested to see what it would look like by Sunday, and it is as hard, it's hard. You know, you're not gonna be making a shape and too much there. Clay needs to be soft. But it's just clay. Really, like if you look at this here and uh, this clay down here or this, this clay, there's, in terms of substance, there's no difference, is there? Like this is just clay, if I get a piece off, that's just clay. This is a beautiful vase, like it has purpose, it ha it's effective, it's beautiful. This is just clay. There's nothing really different in terms of the substance of what it is. The only difference is this one's been in the potter's hand. This has been left to be worked and molded by the potter. The other is just clay, just clay. And if I give it to you and just say, well, you know, just sit there, clay, it's not gonna do anything, it's just clay. God is saying, yep, I'm the potter, you are the clay. You are the clay. Nothing special in itself. And as I said before, how crazy would it be if the clay sat up and spoke to the potter and said, sorry, potter, I don't need you. Let me just sit on this spinning wheel of life and just let me sort it out. It's not, I mean, it's an image, I know, but it's not gonna work out too well. And this is, well, it's a crazy picture. This is the attitude of Judah at the time. God, we don't need you. God, you just stay out there. God, let us sort it out. 
And I tell you, as you read through the scriptures, God is incredibly patient, incredibly loving, incredibly kind, and he continues to come to Israel. And in this illustration, he's saying, hey God, do not get too arrogant. Don't get independent. Israel, don't get proud. Just remember who you are. You are the clay, you're just clay. I'm the potter, I'm the potter, you are the clay. I created you from dust. And he was gently reminding them and warning them. And he warns us today, Andrew, he has this week, Andrew, you're just the clay. You're not that special in one sense. You got nothing in and of yourself. You are just the clay. Don't get arrogant. Don't try and figure it out yourself. You are the clay. I'm the potter. And the Bible says you can do, apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me illustrate it this way. This is about to be summer in Australia. Cricket's coming around. There'll be a test at the Gabba against England. Everyone's excited for England and Australia. Well, some of you are. Some of you don't care one bit. It's not gonna change your life. But Dave Warner will probably go out to bat at the Gabba. And let's imagine Dave Warner is there batting and he scores 100 runs. He hits fours and sixes, hits them up into the tiers of the grandstand. Incredible. And then his bat comes and talks to you and says, did you see what I did today? Like, did you see how amazing? Like, I hit that one up into the tiers, fours and sixes, Amazing, wasn't I amazing? You would look at that bat and you would say, just remember, you're just a bat. If I sit you in the middle of the gabba, you are not gonna do anything. You're just gonna sit there. If you're in David Warner's hands, maybe you can do something. A guitar behind me. If it's in Caleb Goff's hands, I mean, it can do something. But right now, it's nothing. It's just a guitar. It's just a cricket bat. We are just clay, is what God's saying. Remember, you are just clay. In my hands, you can be incredible. In my hands, beautiful. In my hands, amazingly effective and functional. But just remember, you are just clay. It's a reminder to us all. And it's not maybe a message we want to hear. Like I'm not saying we're not valuable. I said we are valuable. We are loved by God. But we must remember that we are just clay. It's in the potter's hands that he's able to make us into something special. And I wanna say here this morning that the beginning of life or finding life starts with the recognition that we are just clay. That apart from him, we can do nothing. Life starts with surrender. Life starts with coming before the potter and saying, I'm in your hands. I'm humbling myself, God. I recognise I haven't got it together. I recognise my need for you. I recognise that and I wanna sit in the potter's hands, humbling ourselves and surrendering in that place. And the beautiful thing is he has an incredible vision for your life and for my life, better than you can imagine. I wanna tell you that 
fullness of life. You know, it's better than we can ever understand. But it only begins when we're humble enough to say, I am just clay, you are the potter. That's the start, that's the beginning step to say, God, I wanna place myself in your hands. And I get it, it's hard, I get it. It's not easy, it's not our natural nature to humble ourselves and to come under God's hand. God might seem irrelevant, God might seem distant for some. Sometimes our lives get so busy, so full of other things that we don't even have time to stop and listen to the potter. We might not see a need for God. We might wanna keep control and not trust Him. Or maybe it's a specific area that He wants us to trust, but we're not willing to trust Him in these areas. Maybe we feel too broken, and we'll look at that in a moment, that so much has happened on this wheel of life that we are, as it says in this passage, marred clay. Well, I tell you, there's hope. This is a message of hope. But the one warning that Jeremiah gives, and it's also given in the book of Hebrews, is that we do not harden our hearts. That as God speaks to us, as he calls us to be soft clay in his hands, we do not harden our hearts. I I tell you, if I I threw this at you, it'd hurt. It's hard, it's as hard as a rock. The potter can't work with that. God calls us to be humble, to be soft. And he's saying to Israel, he just continues to cry out, soft hearts, come back, repent. And we see in this passage, this um, transition where he speaks and he explains to Jeremiah what's happening. Let me read it in Jeremiah 18. It says, then the word of the Lord came to me like an explanation for Jeremiah. He says, God says, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, with the marred clay, and then it shapes it again. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. At any time I announce that a nation or kingdom can be uprooted or torn down or destroyed, and watch this, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent. If the nation responds then God's will will change. What he'll do will change. I will relent and not inflict disaster that I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom will be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sights and does not obey me, then I will reconsider that good that I had intended for it. So what we see here is God sovereignly working, but God is not, Sovereign in the, real, in the way that he would just set and forget. It's not like set and forget and, okay, that will will happen. He's saying here that there's this responsive nature of the sovereignty of God. He says, if I plan to uproot or to destroy a nation, but if they respond to me and turn from their evil, I will relent. Conversely, if I plan to build up a nation and it does evil in my sight, I will reconsider. There's this sense that God sovereignly works and is responding to the heart of the nation or the heart of the people. 
If they respond, he will respond. So when we see the sovereignty of God, don't see it like a set and forget thing. He's responding to us, he is responding to these nations and the beauty of it, and this is where there is great hope in this message is when the clay is marred, you know, maybe in this instance, it's got lumps in the clay, maybe it's got air in the clay, impurities in the clay. God uses that and then reshapes and reforms it into another bowl, it says in this passage, as seems best to it. God's sovereignty is better than set and forget. God's sovereignty is always working in our lives, shaping us even through the sin, even through the, our rebellion, our brokenness. He is continually shaping us according to his purposes and making something beautiful out of our lives and even using that for his glory. It's incredible. And if you feel broken, if you feel marred, if you feel like you've been on the wrong track, whatever, if you've been off track this week or over the last years, I wanna tell you, God is a God who wants to come and he just asks the question, are you willing to be soft in my hands and I can shape it? I'm not limited by sin. I'm not limited by brokenness. There is nothing, there is no person that is irredeemable in the hands of God. There is new life in God as he shapes us. What an amazing God. What a loving God, a caring God that is big enough to work out his plans and purposes even in the brokenness and messiness of our life. We see it in the scripture. Let's just give an illustration of how this works. Look, look at the story of Jonah. Jonah was told to go and preach to the Ninevites, the, the, the evil, an evil nation, said, if you don't repent in 40 days, I'm gonna bring judgment to Nineveh. That was Jonah's job. What did Jonah do? He went the other way. Like he's not exactly soft putty or clay in the hands of God. He's running the other way. But God humbled him, brought him to his senses and he came back and he became that soft putty in God's hands and he went to Nineveh. See how he still uses even the sin and the rebellion of Jonah. And then he goes to Nineveh with the message, if you don't repent, I'm gonna bring judgment. 40 days judgment's coming to Nineveh because they're evil. But you see, they responded to the message. They repented and God relented. There's this movement of God's heart and his will in our lives as we respond to him. God responds to the heart of his people. So what is it that changes things? What is it that changes in that sense? What, is, what determines God's response? What's he looking for? It's the consistency of our heart. And when I say consistency, I'm, I'm comparing this, moldable, pliable, shaped, soft, and this. And if I boil today's message down into one question, I just wanna ask us all, I feel this is what God's asking me as I look at this passage and each one of us. How soft is your heart before God? Like, like this one, or soft and pliable and moldable? Where's your heart before God? Humble? God, here I am, willing, soft? Or is it God? No, like, 
a hardness of heart. God asks the question, will you humble yourself before me? Will you recognize you're just the clay? You're not meant to determine the agenda of your life. You're not meant to work it out yourself. You're just the clay. I, I am just the clay. He's the potter. He said, will you allow me? There's an invitation. Will you allow me to shape you? God's asking, will you allow me to set the agenda for your life? Will you trust me and humble yourself even when you don't understand? You don't understand why I'm pressing or pulling. You don't understand, but trust me. I'm the potter. I've got the big picture. I'm doing it for a purpose. I'm building something within you. And God is sovereign and able to sort it out. He can heal. God can forgive but he just needs us to be soft before him, soft in his hands. And if God is speaking to you this morning, whether here or online, I wanna say don't harden your heart. Don't be like the Israelites, too arrogant. Soften your heart before God. Just to finish, I wanna read a story I found in looking at this passage. It's about a husband and a wife. They were in a gift shop looking for something to give their granddaughter for her birthday. And suddenly the the woman, she found this beautiful vase. Look at this lovely piece of work, she said to her husband. And he picked it up and said, you're right. This is one of the most beautiful vases that I've ever seen. And at this point, the vase talks and it says to the grandparents, Thank you for the compliment, but I wasn't always beautiful. And the grandfather said, what do you mean? What do you mean that you weren't always beautiful? Well, said the vase, once I was just an ugly, soggy lump of clay. But one day a man with dirty, wet hands threw me onto a wheel. Then he started turning me around and around until I got so dizzy I couldn't even see straight. Stop, stop, I cried. But the man with the wet hand said, not yet. Then he started to poke me and punch me until it hurt all over. Stop, I cried. But the man said, not yet. Each time I thought he had finished, he would crumple me and roll me up and begin to poke and punch me. And finally he did stop. But then he did something much worse. He put me in a furnace. (laughs) I got hotter and hotter and I couldn't understand it. Stop, stop, I would say. But the man said, not yet. And finally, then I thought I was gonna burn up and the man took me out of the furnace. But then some lady came to paint me and the fumes got so bad that it made me feel sick. Stop, stop, I cried. Not yet, said the lady. Finally, she did stop. But then she gave me back to the man and he put me back in that awful furnace. (laughs) This time it was hotter than before. Stop, stop, I cried. He took me out and when I completely cooled, the lady put me on the shelf next to this mirror. And when I looked at that mirror, I could not believe what I saw. I was no longer ugly, soggy and dirty. I was beautiful. I was firm. 
I was clean. What an incredible image of your life. God has a plan for your life. Beautiful, firm, clean, strong, effective, functional. She said, it was then all that I realized that all that I endured took on meaning for me in that moment. And I know this is a funny story in one sense, but this is the work of God in our lives. God has a vision for your life. He is your creator, he's your father. And he just invites us to come underneath the potter's hands. And this morning, the simple question this passage asks of us is, are you willing to be soft clay? We're reminded that in and of ourselves, we're just clay. We're not a big deal. I'm not a big deal. You're not a big deal. The potter, God is a big deal. He's the creator. He is a big deal. I'm just clay. God, help me to realise that, I tell you. And there is, no, there is no hope found outside of him. Our hope is found in putting our lives and putting our hearts, even in the midst of the brokenness and the sin in our world, into his hand and watch as he lovingly, patiently reshapes us to the point of someone maybe even looking and saying, how beautiful, that's incredible, how great. And then we would say, well, I'm just clay, but I can tell you there is a potter that is amazing. There is a God who loves you and will shape you and will give you purpose beyond what you could imagine. If I just ask the band to come now, this morning down the front here, um, I've just got some blocks of clay and they're just soft pieces of clay. And as we sing this last song and just reflect on that one question or reflection upon your heart being soft before God, is your heart soft before God? Are you willing to allow Him to set the agenda? Are you willing to listen and Obey and follow. As we ask that question, I just encourage you, just as a little exercise to come and to grab a piece of clay in your hands, soft clay, and just ask God, speak. God, where's my heart at? Is my heart soft? And as you do that, and in this song, whether you do it up front and you ask for prayer here or back in your seat, just pray. Just want you to respond. You know, the Holy Spirit will speak and lead you as you reflect on that question and just pray. For, for some of us that might be, God, I, I just know my heart has hardened. I don't know, you, you might know the reasons why, you might not. Maybe you've drifted, you, you see. You've been in times where your heart is soft before God, but for, for whatever reason, maybe it's hard. And, Say, God, come, soften my heart, Lord. For some, it might be surrender. You're saying, well, God, I've taken the reins of my life. It's my agenda, it's my way. I'm trying to figure it out myself. But God, today I wanna come and allow you to shape me 
Like, who am I to speak back to the Creator? To say, God, will you shape my life? All that I am is yours, God. I tell you, that's where we find life. That's what I, that's what I long for. It's only found in Him. God, take a hold of my life. What do you want with my life? Not what I want. I can set lots of agendas. I can do lots of things, but I tell you, life is only found when we surrender and say, God, all that I am is yours. Oh God, would he find us in that place? What would God do with a church of people that were like, God, I just wanna be, I just wanna be clay in your hands. All that I own is yours. My time is yours, God. My family is yours. My money is yours. God, just take me. What would God do? I, I'm, I know, I, I just believe God wants to show us a new way of being soft before Him. And we would not know. How are we gonna know what God would do until we become that clay? Until we humble ourselves and say, well, I'm just clay, I'm not a big deal. I'm only a big deal in the hands of God. And I believe God's calling us to be soft clay. As I said, I believe, me too. And I wanna find it, to be honest. I wanna be that clay. And sometimes I pray and I say, God, you're gonna even have to help me be soft. I mean, this is my natural state. God, you're gonna have to help me be soft. But he's saying, and maybe this morning, some actually have to come and grab some clay and kneel and say, well, God, I'm putting myself in your hands. I believe you're big enough to shape even my hard heart, even my sin, my rebellion. I believe you can do it. And recognise that we're just the clay. But I tell you, clay in the hands of a potter can be pretty amazing. What could God do through a people surrendered to Him? Some of you might wanna give thanks as you look back, you can see the way God shaped you and give thanks to God. And in the end, when people see this, they don't, they don't look at the clay and think, wow, that's awesome clay. That's an incredible potter that's made that. And we just want people to know that there's an incredible potter that loves them, cares for them and wants to shape them. And so church, as we sing this song, I wanna encourage you, come. You just respond, you know, there's no, it's just you and God. Like he just, if he's saying something to you, all I say is just don't harden your heart. Soften your heart before him. And you respond in whatever way you want. If you wanna come, grab some clay and just pray and reflect. Some might wanna just kneel and say, I surrender. And, and for some, there might be particular actions that God's calling you to do, not just here, but to go and get things right. Soften your heart before your husband or your wife or your children, different people, humble, humility. That softness is going to people and saying, I'm sorry, living life differently with a humble and a soft heart, not a hard heart. And so it might be actions outside of here this morning too. I'll just, that's, God will lead you in that. Just, all I'm saying is just be soft. Just obey the promptings and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray. God, you are amazing. You're a beautiful potter. You're an amazing God who loves us so deeply, so dearly. 
Lord, you love each one here. You know us. You know when we sit, you know when we rise and you love us. You're so patient with us, God. You're patient with me. Continue to speak and continue to speak. And Lord, you just call us to be soft. Help us to be soft, I pray. In this moment, by your Spirit, help us, help us to respond. Help us to confess those things we need to confess. Help us to turn from those things we need to turn. Help us to say sorry where we need to say sorry. Help us to surrender those things that we don't wanna give to you. Help us to come to a place where you set the agenda for our lives. Help us to realise that God, we are just the clay. But God, you are amazing. You're the potter, you're the creator. You have the plans and purposes for our lives. We wanna come underneath that, God, we do. And so now, Lord, by the power of your spirit, I just ask that you lead us, that you prompt us. Everyone listening online, everyone here, Lord, if there are things that you're saying to us, help us to be soft. Help us to listen, help us to obey, I pray. That God, people might see that you are great, (laughs) that you're the great potter. Come, Lord Jesus, lead us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, would you stand as we sing this song? And I just encourage you to respond, whatever God is saying in your heart, just come, come and grab some clay, feel the softness of the clay, respond to God in your own personal and unique way, the way God's leading you. Let's do that now, let's sing.
God, we want to say you're the most magnificent potter. God, we can't fathom the depths of the love that you have for us, God. You are for us, God. You are not against us. And Lord, you wanna do beautiful things in our lives, Lord. We, we wanna fix our eyes on you, the beautiful potter. Take our eyes off ourselves and just fix our eyes on you. Lord, help us to know your love, the, the heart of God. Help us to know your heart for us in this life. And God, we pray, we just pray, God, that you would help us to be soft in your hands. Each one of us, God, we know the, the daily grind, the hardness of that, but Lord, would you, by your grace and your mercy, find in us a soft people, Lord God, willing to obey, willing to follow, willing to surrender, that God, we could look back just like that vase and see the beautiful work that you've done, that we would not be the same in five years, 10 years, 20 years, but you would do something amazing that people would look and say, what an incredible potter. What an incredible God you serve. How did that happen? And we say, it's you, God. It's you. It's a loving, patient, gracious, sovereign potter at work in our lives. That's what we desire, God. And so, Father, I pray your blessing on everyone here, everyone listening online. Bless them. May your Spirit continue to do your good work in our lives, Lord, that you would be glorified, that others would come to know the beautiful potter, the gracious potter, we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 Please be seated. So good to have you at church this morning. Incredible. I do wanna say that there's some bins just on the exits. If you wanna just put your potter, your, your clay there, but it's been, blessing, it's been a blessing to have you here this morning. God bless you this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. If you would like prayer, actually come. The prayer team is here. Sorry. Oh, in the welcome lounge. Yes, thank you, Jody. If you are new to Bridgman, uh, there is a welcome lounge opening just there in the bifold doors. We would love to meet you and get to know you. So please go and visit the welcome lounge as well. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.